With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to I'll Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne Steinall, the host of Two Goalies, One Mike, joined by the host of Where the Buffalo Roam and producer Steve, producer of Two Goalies, One Mike. Sabres win big, 6-5, overtime against the Minnesota Wild, continuing the goat head sweater winning streak. And, of course, a five-point night from Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, uh, making all those who snubbed him from the All-Star game rightfully shit their pants for snubbing him um, and just really kind of taking a stranglehold, in my opinion, of the Norris Trophy chase. But most importantly, above all that, we have another special guest host tonight, uh, a man who made his college hockey debut tonight, Yatesy Carson Gates. There he is. Congrats, buddy. Let's talk about yep. that first and foremost at the top off the show. How does it feel to be an official, official college hockey player? Not that it wasn't official before, but you yeah. made your debut tonight. It is the craziest thing is, um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch any of the Sabres game. It looked like a crazy game going into overtime, but, yeah, it was so much fun. I got in the last, like, five minutes of the game. The boys are crazy. Like, I'm, I don't know if you guys know, but I walked onto the team last year, and it's been an uphill road to just – dressing games be the third goalie and yeah i got some minutes tonight and a big win and it was uh it was cool made a couple saves it was i still just in shock that it, it actually happened i i don't know if it up i didn't think i was ever going to get in the net again in like a competitive game and here it is so it's, it's super and you, you want to know what bud you want a couple clicks for you and you want to know what bud honest as goaltenders we all know that struggle right you know when you're trying to battle to get to get ice time to get minutes in a game even in practice every save counts right you're you're yeah. really you're, you're, you you yourself you're your biggest critic and you know all, there's a lot of eyes on you watching how well you're playing even even if you're getting absolutely a, a shot that you have no chance on um you still you still you're, you're your own hardest critic and to be able to finally you know you know get over that hump get your first get your first game under your belt uh, tonight could be, couldn't be more proud of you, bud, because I know the feeling, man. I was a goalie who dealt with a lot of adversity uh, growing up. Um, had coaches that weren't really uh, 
really high on my style of play, but it always worked for me. And I always ended up being, I always ended up, you know, finishing and uh, starting and finishing the year, uh, the year as a starter, but it was always a battle. So, um, I know exactly that feeling. So a couple clicks for Carson and congrats, bud. Appreciate, yeah. you know, appreciate you hopping on Thank with you. us. Um, any, any, any high moments from the game? Like, you know, you know, can you give us a breakdown of what went down and how it went down? Yeah. So it was, it was an exhibition game and, um, we we were, we were we were beating the team pretty bad, and three minutes left, we go on the power play, and I'm just like looking the other end, see what's going on, and I get a tap on the back from my coach saying you're going in. I told him, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I, I look in the net, and our, our net's empty. Our goalie's already gotten out to get me in. I grab my stick, hop the boards, and uh, our our bench is going crazy. The guys like they they've pulled for me harder than anyone before, and like it's the only reason I'm still going is because of them. And yeah, they got uh, they. Dump the puck like that's the puck on the, the penalty kill. I stopped it. The bench went crazy, and then uh, like a, a minute left, they got a uh, it was like a one on one like wrister from like the top of the circles in my chest, and the guys really liked that one. And yeah, game ended up face up in our zone, and yeah, the, the guys uh, made me feel really special. It got me the puck, all that stuff, and it I, it's something I'll never forget. It's just the way our team and our boys made me feel, and after everything the past like year and a half. It's, it's really out of words to describe it. Did you get the puck? Yeah, it's right, right here. Let's see it. Love it. I fucking love it, it bud. Is. That's awesome. Good for yeah. you. You earned it, man. Like I said, I know exactly what that's like. Any goalie knows exactly what that's like, man. Just to battle through adversity, the highs and lows of the position. And I've, I've said it plenty of times on this show before. Um, next to pitcher, there's no more mentally uh, straining position in sports, in my opinion, than being a goalie. Yeah, was... um, because the game can be won and lost by you single-handedly. You know, you could have a bad five minutes and give up four goals. A pitcher can have one bad inning and give up eight runs. It's, it's a fact, fact of life. And, um, super happy, super pumped Thank to you. see that you got that opportunity tonight, and hopefully it's the first of many to come. I hope so. We'll see where it goes. It's got a couple months left here in the season. We're going to try to go on a run. So There we go. Um, but, you know, obviously – Going with the vibes, as I said before, Sabres with a huge six to five win in overtime, continuing the win streak of the Goathead jersey. I was getting some blowback on Twitter earlier. You know, when they were up, they had a one goal lead. I tweeted out they will not lose in these jerseys, and they went down five four. It's getting some some shade thrown my way in the comments, like, "Oh, look who's focused doing this." This tweet didn't age well. I'm like, "I'm sorry, did the game end already?" There's there's ten minutes left. Uh, game's not over, and Rastus Darlene. Showing up when it mattered, hammers a puck by Flurry, who uh, is actually had, according to Michael Rousseau, uh, a rough go of it as of late. Um, we lost Carson there for a second. Um, a rough go as they will get that in a minute, but and then you know uh, Victor Olson finished it off in overtime, increasing that trade stock in my opinion. Uh, I'm sure Steve, you would agree as well. But uh, Steve, just your impression of the game, um, and you know, is this is this team is Kevin Adams on the hot seat right now to possibly make a move uh, in the next in the next couple weeks? Um, you know, I mean, we've been playing a lot of these uh, quote unquote statement games lately. I mean, that big win against Boston was, I mean. They're without a doubt the best team in the East right now. Sure, it took it. Sure, we needed extra minutes to do it, but we did it again against one of the hardest teams to play in, and we did it in their barn. Like that is a hard place to win a game. 
uh, you know, for all the shit I talk about Boston as just a team, uh, having to be the away team in their in their arenas is that's a hard that's a hard game to win, and uh, Buffalo yep. won it. Uh, and then they uh, have a big win against the Washington Capitals. Tage Thompson scores more goals in a night than Alex Ovechkin. And then once again, the fifth, <laughs> the fifth win with six goals in Goathead jerseys, undefeated in black and red. Uh, I mean, I know that it might not necessarily be Kevin Adams' philosophy to, you know, trade for. Uh, I mean, he's not going to go make. I mean, he might go make a blue chip trade, but like, honestly, yeah, I mean. You could definitely make the argument that this is the team that with that right little, with that extra ingredient either on the back end or the front end, you know, that isn't a team that's hunting for the wild card spot. That's a team, that's a team that could be maintaining it. Uh, if they keep playing like this, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a game or two here and there where they're going to lose. You know, I mean, no, no team keeps winning forever. Boston didn't yeah. do it. Jersey didn't do it. You know, eventually you lose a game or two. I mean, we lost to Ottawa like what, like a week ago, week and a half ago. I, it was, feels so long ago. I can't remember. But we, you know, we've lost one in these last ten. You know, uh, but yeah, that's all to say that you know you could definitely make the argument that uh, Kevin, if Kevin wasn't seriously considering it before, he absolutely better be now. Um, if not even just for the performance of the team itself, but just. From what you could like, if anybody was watching, like I would have loved to be at that game tonight. I kind of regret not going, but like me too, man. For like, anybody watching from home, it's like. And and here's these... the thing, not to interrupt you, but here's the thing. Like I actually got a uh, friend of the program, Jake Madison, uh, gave me a phone call uh, around four thirty and told me he had an extra ticket. It was mine if I wanted it for free for tonight. And I sat there, I'm like, oh, I'd love to go. I said to myself, like I was like, I really love to go. But I had a family. It was like, you know, obviously everybody's holiday plans got pushed back because of the storm. Well, our Christmas party uh, for my family got pushed to tonight. I was like, oh, could I cut out early? I don't know. And then I thought about it. I tried calling him and, it, you know, I, I it went right to voicemail. So I'm assuming that he didn't get back to me. He found somebody else to take the ticket. But I was like, oh, shit, man, I should have just said yes. Should have just said yes. They already had my gifts there. They, I, I had no reason to be there. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there, there usually is another night to go visit the folks. But I, I mean, to that end, like, yeah, tonight's game, like, it just reinforced just how much the sports teams in Buffalo mean to the community. I mean, obviously, just the way that the Sabres organization has rallied, mm-hmm. you know, shown their support uh, with everything going on with Hamlin. And, uh, you know, just how happy everyone was to see that he's able to just send out a tweet on his own, you know, just showing his uh, love and affection for everybody, you know, showing their love for him this past week uh you know i mean it sounds like it was like a weight off everybody's mind knowing that like yeah it was scary but he's gotta be okay uh you know that if for no other reason just based on what these teams mean to this town maybe you make a trade so that even if they don't make it to the playoffs like you you put you push your chips in and say i'm in let's let's fucking push for it boys Win or lose, I'm I'm in it, and uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that trading for a legitimate defenseman or you know maybe some maybe uh, an honest to goodness second line center, 
uh, you know, to give a little relief to a guy like Dylan Cousins, whose kid line hasn't, they haven't been making the big splashes we've seen them make in the past. It, again, they're not playing poorly. They're just not, you know, lighting the lamp as frequently as they were probably like yeah. back in like, you know, and again, like it's uh, Dylan Cousins who's having his own breakout year and two honest to God rookies. It's going to take time for that to be a consistently performing line. But yeah, um, I, th- I think I think Kevin realizes that a trade would uh, show this town that he means business. So uh, he, in in and of itself, the trade is the statement game for him. Yeah, and, and you don't want to know what. Like, I think if you are to make a deal right now, it you definitely need to. I know Cal Clegg hasn't ex- exactly been bad. He's had moments of you know good hockey, uh, but I think what you the first thing you need to do is address that position. I think that you got to solidify your top four defensemen, your top two pairings, find a guy who you know would really complement Owen Power. Not that he hasn't played well. Owen Power is really in position to you know you know possibly win Rookie of the Year. Uh, be the first time a Sabres player has since Tyler Myers. Um, you know, and you have a bunch of other young players in this team, your Jack Quinn, your J.J. Paterka, uh, guys who, you know, are really starting to come out of their shell. You know, D- Dylan Cousins having a breakout season. But I think that, you know, you you got – you have to solidify that second pairing. Um, and, you know, that slides Labushkin or Clegg and Clegg down to your, to your third pairing or it's a Bryson, whoever it is. Um, and then when Henry Yoki Haru gets back, uh, you know, you have a really solid three pairing setup here in Buffalo. Um, I mean, if you're if you're going your third pairing as you know Labushkin and you know is it Bryson, is it Clegg, or is it you know Yoki Haru, whoever it is, I think you're doing pretty good for yourself. Um, so whatever whoever that guy is, obviously the name on the, t- the top name on everybody's list is. You know, Jacob Chikrin, a guy who's got two years left on his deal at four and a half million. That's going to cost you quite a bit. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, you can afford you have you have the ability to make that happen. You just you just do. Um, you have the assets. You have the cap space. You you have the draft picks. Um, you know, this team has had five first round draft picks in the last two years. So if you do make a trade you know, trade away a first round pick or that and a player and another pick, like maybe a first, a second and a, and a, a roster player now. Cause I still think that what Arizona wants for chicken is kind of still outrageous. Um, yeah. I don't think they'll get it. You know, it's kind of like with Eichel and Kevin Ham's asked for Eichel when he trade, and then you're on a trade, you start as high as you possibly can and you work your way down and, you know, get something reasonable. I think that's, I mean, the, the fact that he is still on that team is kind of mind blowing. Um, however, Heat Daddy, everybody knows on Twitter, did uh, make send a tweet out. You know, a few minutes before we went out went live, is uh, that the Bruins are in on somebody, and we won't believe who it is. My guess would be Jacob Chikram because he has not been in that conversation at all when it comes to the Bruins. But uh, you know that he seems like he'd be a reliable source. He knows a lot of people in the game, so I don't think he would tweet something out like that unless he had some good, good, good solid uh, information. Unless it's just a troll, I don't know. But um, 
yeah, I, I think that's where you start. You start on the back end um, and, you know, you figure that out. Um, one quick note, though, um, you know, Michael Rousseau, one of the beat writers for the Minnesota Wild, did mention that Flurry, you know, kind of lost in the locker room, was throwing things around, putting a lot of that game on himself, saying you score five goals, you should win a hockey game. And, uh, I guess, according to Michael Rousseau, to his own knowledge, uh Mark Andre Fleury has been dealing with a lot of personal issues over the last week, and I guess he'll be leaving the team until Tuesday to deal with those personal issues. So whatever it is, you know, you love to get the win here, and you love the way it happened, and all the goal scoring and this and that. But Mark Andre Fleury is a class act on and off the ice, and one of the greatest goalies to ever, ever, to ever, you know, play in the NHL. I think he's like third all time in wins. He's up there, uh, but. I, I hope for the best for him and that whatever this is, he gets through it and, you know, it returns to the team, you know, obviously with everything, you know, going in a positive direction. So a couple of clicks for Flurry. I uh, hope the best for him and hope things will get better for him soon. So, uh, but with that being said, Steve, uh, if, if, if this team were to make a deal to improve, like outside of chicken, who, who would you look at? <sighs> Well, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of the rub, isn't it? The people who are probably willing to make a trade are the people that aren't really in the mix, and the talent level on teams that aren't really in the mix is your uh, Vancouver Canucks. Your yeah, Coyotes. yeah. I mean, on the blue line, the talent just isn't quite there. So, like, as far as like teams that have a D prospect, D, D man worth moving that might actually be willing to move him, Chikrin is kind of the best talk in town and pretty much the only talk in town by a wide margin like yeah there might be some like you know late 20s guys that have always kind of been on the fringe you know back you know, your backpack colin miller types in a different organization but like you know we've been down that road we're kind of down that road right now with labushkin like yes he does have some good nights but there's been in this it, even in this stretch of winning games like there's it seems like every single night he's taking a completely unnecessary and totally avoidable penalty that sometimes is the reason that Buffalo, you know, loses a lead and has to come back in a game. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I mean, right now we're getting lucky and we're getting those, we're getting those comebacks, but eventually we might get to the point that, you know, uh, somebody's going to make us pay for that. And, uh, you know, one goal can become two real quick in this league, as we've clearly seen just now. Um, so one note, one note, uh, one of those names that I'm hearing about that whole boss rumor could be Bo Horvat. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. I mean, there are uh, guys going to be UFA. You're trying to win it all this year. You bring in a guy like that early when, when, when the opportunity's there. I could definitely, that would make sense. A Bo Horvat trade would make sense. Especially when next year the question mark is uh, will or will will uh, Patrice Bergeron still be a part of the equation, and if so, for how long? Just just given solely on the age, nothing to the you know talent of his play. He's still playing yeah. at a truly phenomenal level, and again, for all the hate I direct towards Boston, all, nothing can be directed towards Patrice Bergeron as no, a He's literally, he's literally he's one of the most biggest class acts in the hockey league, NHL. Oh yeah, like just, you know, just like Flurry. Like, it, how do you hate that guy? You just don't. Um, I for me, yeah, it's, it's uh, I you know, like 
you think you you, you kind of think of like the New York Yankees, like he's the Derek Jeter, he's the Mariano Rivera, just the most respectful guys uh, on the team. Even though you hate them, like you have to respect them. Yeah, um, but I mean, with him potentially not being part of the equation, with a guy like Marchand getting closer to the wrong side of the curve, again, he's also still playing well. But like that team, Pittsburgh and Chicago, they all have like that like early two thousands era player that was like. They were the talk of the town and won them their cups in the early 2010s. But, you know, now they're in their mid-30s and they have to ask some serious questions. Mm -hmm. You know, Kane and Taves obviously being the big questions. You know, what can you get for them? And thankfully, they're both playing incredibly well. Mm -hmm. So if Chicago uh, succeeds in tanking, uh, which they are currently well poised to do, I think they have 22 points total for the season. Um, over 30 some on games played, that's that's good tanking. Uh, yep. That uh, if they could if they can sell off Kane and Taze for every last morsel of value they still have, um, and also draft Connor Bedard. Uh, that's yeah, that that that's a great way to start the uh, rebuilding. And those teams are going to be selling out quite a bit because of the guy you just mentioned, Connor Bedard a guy who is now the all-time Canadian World Junior Championship scoring leader, uh, overtaking uh, Eric Lindros for that top spot, uh, at least amongst Canadians. Um, you you kind of look, you know, I'm looking at the, a list right now that was updated yesterday. Some guys defensively that might be out there. I, said, I saw Joel Edmondson's name, Timo Meyer, obviously Jacob Chikrin. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not Timo Meyer. I apologize. He's a, he's a winger. Um, Carlson? Yep. No, no, that's right, Carlson. I'm sorry from the Sharks. Um, a guy who you, in order for San Jose to get, you know, not get rid of him but trade him, they're gonna at least, you know, take on half of his of his val of his contract. You yeah, have to. Yeah. That's the only way. He makes eleven and a half a season, so you have yeah, to take on half of that contract that without a doubt. And you're also taking on the potential of him getting injured because he's done it. It's happened quite often in his career. Um, yeah, but. Uh, you know, John Klingberg, uh, uh, you know, guy who just, you, you know, signed with Anaheim, uh, a guy that uh, his, his name has been thrown around, Shane Gothisbear. Uh There's a lot of names out there. Some some forwards I've always liked are guys like Max Domi, who's, uh, you know, people seem to not, you know, the character, the, you know, the character of the player. Um, but uh, in terms of the character of the player, uh, you know, people don't seem to think he'll fit in this locker room, but I, I, I disagree. I think there's a locker room that can, much like the Bills, who can embrace a guy like that. I think it would be the Buffalo Sabres with the, the leadership group we have here. Uh, other players, too. You know, like I mentioned, Timo Meyer, a guy that's on the trade block, a uh, winger from the San Jose Sharks. Brock Besser, a guy who has been a healthy scratch a couple times this year uh, for, for the Vancouver Canucks, who, you know, they just seem to look kind of like to blow it up, right? They want to blow it up and just move on, you know, move on from some players and start fresh, you know, build around Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Uh, they're kind of stuck with that JT Miller contract, you know. You know kind of, yeah, exactly. Um, but with that being said, um, where, where do you where do you look? I mean, I just mentioned Bo Horvat's name. I'd love to bring Bo. I, I, my two top spots, is anybody who's watched this show, it's always been defenseman and center. Those two in that order. Defenseman and center. I think that in order to be a successful hockey team in the NHL, you have to be deep down the middle. Um, I think 
so much comes from your centermen. And I think Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins and the seasons they're having are very a big testament to that. Um, Bo Horvat would be a great fit. I think, you know, he's probably played for Granado at some point in the past. Um, but that being said, I think it's either him or as, as Besser. Brock Besser might have played for Granado in the past. One of the two have. But um, I, uh, with that being said, you know, are you willing to take on a Bo Horvat who is A, going to be a UFA? You could probably get for free and free agency. But how good does this team have to get and how much more they have to the win to really have that type of a conversation where you do do a sign and trade or, you know, you know, where, you know, you sign him upon trading for him, you give him the extension that he wants. He's going to demand probably $7 million a year. He's still young guy is the captain of the Canucks. So, you know, he's a good leader um, or he's got leadership qualities. At least is that, is that a type of move you make? Do you move to the wing? I mean, I, I don't know, man. There's a fun conversations to have, because up until, you know, recently, you know, you've never been able to have these conversations about the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, um, I, I was just thinking that this is the first time that we've started a new year in a hockey season where we weren't already mathematically out of the equation by a wide margin. Uh, you know, we're, again, we're, we're still a few games behind the wild card. I believe it's the Islanders still, if I'm not mistaken. Sub Dewey. Uh, but... But yeah, I think we're still a few few games out from them. But even even still, we did uh, have a couple games in hand on uh, on the team in front of us for the wild card. Was that the Islanders? It might. Yeah, it might be. We had two games in hand with the same amount of points. So I mean, we're inching closer and closer to be one of those wild card teams, and you're still the highest scoring team in NHL. Which I don't think there's a single fan in the city of Buffalo that would have predicted that not to mention that they'd be the highest scoring team in the NHL, but that they'd be, they'd be able to hold on to that. It's been what over at least over a month now that they've caught, not comfortably, but never lost that top spot. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that uh, Buffalo's, you know, fighting for it. You know, they're, they're actually in consideration. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. The more I the more I look at the defensemen that are doing good things this year and who's not going to be moved, uh, I, I get I, I I do start thinking that you know while Chikrin is the most expensive choice, it might also just be the best possible choice you can. Like just you know you know what you're getting with them. It's relatively a like once you've paid the upfront cost. The cap hit is very much affordable. Um, and then, yeah, you have a consistent D partner mm -hmm. uh, for Owen Power, which obviously is very much needed, um, especially if Yoki Haru is just going to continue to get injured. Mm -hmm. uh, and if he is, then you kind of only want to have to rely on him in the third line role anyway, if he's you know going to take a while to keep coming back. Um, and again, with the log jam we already have up front, I think it just makes more sense to focus on the back end anyway. Yeah. Like, when's the last time Henestros or Asplund have had a game? Well, uh, when you say log jam, though, I mean, like need, need, yeah. I mean, yes, yes and no, because you need more bottom six scoring. Um, I've always been in favor of bring, having a, a very interchangeable second and third line, depending on the matchup. 
Um, because let's face facts, when it does get to the playoffs and have, you know what I mean? Teams are going to be able to figure you out uh, you, when you play a team more than, you know, that, that, that often. Um, and you just can't depend on most of your scoring to be coming from one line. And while the kid line has performed very well this season, they do go through slumps of their own. Whereas your top line of Skinner, Tuck, and Thompson has just been your anchor every single night. You know they're they're really carrying the load, and you just can't have that. So um, sometimes you just you, I would like to have a very interchangeable third line. Uh, I mean Casey Olson and who is it Yost? Yost, yeah. I mean it, it's for me that's not that's not a that's a good that's a good line on some nights, you know. But let's be real. Olsen five on five is a very meh below average player five on five. Um, he doesn't even, you know, the pow for in terms of the power play, he's not even I, my opinion. And I, you know, Kyle Quick, shout out to him, messaged me the other night about this. He goes, Why don't we line up Olsen on that opposite side of Tage and make make player make teams choose who they're gonna cover because you have a double headed monster that you're not even using. And, you know, I know a lot of great hockey minds in Western New York. Kyle Quigg is one of them. So, you know, I bow to him when it comes to a lot of things. And I tend to agree. Um, and I don't know if that's because, you know, maybe he just lacks in other areas that they don't trust with him being on the power play. I mean, that's that, that decision left with the Don Granado. But that's a guy that you're probably not going to see in the city anymore after the season. Um, comes to UFA. Casey Middlestat is... He, he's a he's an okay two way player, but in terms of what I want out of my top three lines, you need three lines that can score, and that line just for just for me isn't doing it consistently. Um, yeah. It was nice to see Olsen have two goals a night, especially the one in overtime, obviously, but you need that more often than you're getting it, and you're not getting it enough. And I think that you just need to find somebody that you can throw into the mix there that's going to make that make them gel you know depending on who who sticks around and gives you that depth and again a line that depending on the matchup you could interchange with the kid line that's just my opinion see now that is where i would love to see a max Domi. i don't think you need to spend bo or that money no, for that middle no. six depth but Max, but Max Domi, uh, if the writing's on the wall in Chicago that everything is getting blown up and everybody is for sale, probably except for Seth Jones because that contract is yeah. horrendous. Um, yeah, he might just go, you know what? Yeah, you can move me at the deadline. I'll, I don't like my house that much anyway. Um, yeah, you know uh I mean, again, he, he has kind of been a suitcase, you know, based on his reputation, I guess. I mean, also, he was, you know, he was in Columbus, and Columbus has also just been an organization in general that's had a total identity crisis. They still, to this day, don't know what kind of team they are. They've got Johnny Hockey and a cannon, and, that, and that's their team right now, and that's... I mean that's that 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 doesn't build an organization that doesn't build a franchise. No. I mean it helps. The cannon's pretty cool. <laughs> I think it's funny. Uh, but that but that said, uh, yeah, um, you know, some middle six depth would be nice. 
And for what it's worth, Victor Olsen actually does have one more year after this one. So I, I, right. is it one yeah, more year? Yeah, I he, thought yeah, it was he, a UFA. Yeah, no, he's on he, no, he's on his uh, one of two more years left. So what, yeah, what was a three-year deal? Okay. Yeah, I think it was a three-year. All right. Uh, but again, I, but again, I mean, uh, you know, if Buffalo has a bad month and they get well out of the race, uh, this might honestly, no, I don't want them to have a bad month. I want, I want, I mean, not a bad I month. Mean, but obviously, I want they keep rolling. Yeah, but I if keep rolling, if they did hit the contract he's on, that's not a hard deal to move if somebody's just looking for a second power play sniper action. That uh, and just. You know, looking for a guy who can add some scoring to their lineup up to down. Not even set the power play. Like he does have some even strength goals this season. It's it's not all just strictly on the power play, but um, you can't just deny the lack of the lack of ability five on five. I don't think he's a great skater, just in my opinion. Um, maybe other people would agree or disagree. Um, I just I, for me, there's. There's guys that you have in the pipeline that do exactly what Victor Olsen does. Guys like Yuri Kulik, who have an absolute cannon as well from that exact same spot. Who, but he's also a center. Yes, exactly. He's interchangeable. He can play both. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, for me, I, that that you know, when it comes to signing a guy long term, it's just I'm not sure if I'm interested in that guy. You know, just because no. as good as he is in this area, he lacks so much in these areas. Um, yeah. I mean, but yeah, ultimately, I think if uh, if Olfen stuck around for the rest of his duration, uh, roughly when that contract ends is probably exactly what we would reasonably expect to see Eric yeah. in the mix. Um, I, you know, I mean, these he he and Rosine and Kozak Ciderquist, there are five rookies in Rochester right now trying to cut their teeth, and obviously Rosine and Kulik are, you know leaps and bounds better than the others. Uh, but even with their success, it's not quite as meteoric as like Quinn and Paterka was. So I do yeah. think they need another, I think one, they need another year to cook and two, the Sabres can afford to mm-hmm. give kids more time to cook because the situation in the main club is not so dire that you need to pull Casey Middlestaff from Grand Prairie and get him in blue and gold as quickly as humanly possible. You don't need 18-year-old Rasmus Dahlin to just learn it all right here, right now. But you can make that choice when you see somebody as poised and confident and intelligent as Owen Power, mm-hmm. who is already just like, he's got that elite mindset. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, But just like with any player, it's going to take him time to be able to... And again, he's not played bad. He just, you know, he hasn't scored any goals yet this year, which again, you know... We know he has more than enough offensive capability, but the fact that he's just playing defensively sound hockey night in and night out as a teenager in the best league in the world, like that's what I want to see more than anything. I just want to keep, you know, seeing the the blue bars on the graph get higher and higher and astronomically. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, like I will lean on the stats hard there. Like, I don't care how many goals he gets. He can have you know, like 20, 30 assists this year, whatever. But, like, he's still just – it's insane that a 19-year-old is more reliable in my mind than, like, 
four of the other defensemen that we can dress. Labuskin, like Yoki Haru. I trust him more than any of those four guys combined. He, he has a glass ceiling, in my opinion, man. He's just going to be so good. We're going to be talking him. I'm not saying you're going to be talking about Owen Power the same way we talk about Darlene in terms of offense, offensive output. <laughs> But like he is gonna be like a Victor Hedman like defenseman, I think, down the road. Um, a guy who you can throw out there in any situation, um, and really being a lockdown guy, but still add you that offensive flair. Um, we had a comment here from Jeffrey Jenks asking what college uh, Carson made his debut in tonight. Uh, Chatham University. It's uh, Division Three. So again, congrats to Carson who uh, you know started the show off with us making his college hockey debut tonight. And a big win. So, uh, congrats, bud. Uh, I know you. He lost his Wi-Fi. That's why he uh, dipped out as early as he did. Uh, one comment here from uh, Mauricio Arenas, who is always here in the post game. Uh, and I'll hang up and listen. UPO looks shaky upstairs. Corners tracking pucks, rebound screenshots. I don't disagree with you. I don't. He did um, that. Uh, the one shot uh, from Kaprizov, even though it was kind of through a screen. I thought that he did he did not get was not square to the puck on that one. Uh kind of got beat got got beat in kind of like an in an in an awkward position. Um but a couple of the goals he had no chance on. But yeah, I tend to agree the rebounds were there, quite a few of them. But that being said, you still got the win. You, you know, that's all that matters. So um it's going to be a tough decision for Kevin Adams in the next coming weeks when Comrie's ready to come back because he is in a one-way deal. Um, and you just can't send him down to Rochester. You, you have to waive him. Um, and you're not going to do that to, to Craig Anderson because a, just out of the respect for the man no. and B, if you are going to trade Craig Anderson, it's gotta be a team he would agree to go to. And it's not like people are knocking down your door for Craig Anderson right now. So, um, it's been it, an interesting spot for, for Kevin Adams to be in. We'll see, we'll see what happens. If they give Comrie an opportunity to earn his spot back, um, you know, it's not like he played bad uh, to start the season off. He had a few good games, and then we ran into that ring of injuries on our blue line, which everybody suffered from. Even UPL, you know, struggled dramatically during that during that stretch after Comrie went down. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, Sabres second period and third period, let guard down, not impressed. <laughs> He's so up and down, Steve. Like when Mauricio comes on the post game with us, he's always so up and down. It's great, you know. His highs are so high and his lows are like so near to the basement. It's it's there's it nothing in between. I mean, this organization can do that to him. Yeah, I know. Uh, front of the program, Chris Durick. Uh, what another crazy game in black and red. Another six goal performance in the Goathead jersey. This team's heart and will to win i'm starting to feel like it is unmatched and hope the boys keep it going yeah i couldn't agree anymore uh couple comments on chris uh guy uh helped me a lot during the uh buffalo strong tournament and uh i couldn't obviously express my gratitude enough guy shows up to my house and gifts me a pair of those uh bills nike shoes that y'all we saw online just gifts them to me and I was completely blown away by it, Chris. Thank you so much. Um, you didn't have to do that. You know, a couple clicks for you for that too. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, thank you again, and always thank you for always, always being here. On, and I'll hang up and listen to offer your insight. 
Uh, Nick Alfidi, another great win. The Goatheads apparently were obligated to score six goals every time we wear them. This is a really exciting team, and I'm really excited in the development of the team. I agree. It, I've been saying that they will not lose in these jerseys. If you've been paying attention, they will not lose in these jerseys. Yours truly has been calling it since they won the first one in those jerseys. I said they shouldn't be allowed to lose in these jerseys, and they won again, and then they won again, and then they won again. So, in my opinion, just don't even go back to the blue and gold. Just stick with the goat head. Give the people what they want, yeah, or give the, me what I want. So, make, yeah, make the original blue and royal blue and gold jersey the uh, throwback ten years. Ago. I know, right? <laughs> oh man, at least uh, at least until they lose one in that jersey, which they never will. Um, no, they never will. Greg Balcom, MIF is still on the same. Mark Andre Fleury still has it on some of those. Oh things. my God! There are a couple of one dude where he was doing the overtime. Split. Holy smokes! Which one? The ones in overtime where it was just like. Oh my God! The one where disgusting. I thought Tate should have shot it. He had it one. It was a two on one. He he got the pass. I think it was. Who was it over to? I can't I think remember. it was over to Tuck. Yeah, it was a great save. It was. Yeah. But Tage had him one on one and could have just put that puck anywhere. Unselfish play, getting the puck over the tuck. But to me, it, it, with the, with this the type of shot Tage Thompson has, you should be shooting that puck ten times out of ten. And I think, that's, I think that's exactly why he made the pass because he's probably thinking Flowers expecting him to shoot because he has yeah. such a piss missile. So if he makes, so if you you know, you know, makes it look like he's going to shoot it, and then right at the last second make the pass over. But even that, he also was kind of expecting because he was able to get over and cheat yeah. just enough. To block that like cross pass, yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah, no, Flowers definitely still got it. I guess he's he's just going through some stuff right now. Yeah, um, and again, a guy's a beaut, and I, I love I love watching his career. Um, John Stanton, who was at the game, I, Dwayne, that was a lot of us. I've heard that building in ten fucking years. What a game! Uh, I think the fucking is warranted for sure. I appreciate it, John. Also, a guy who's uh, been with two goalies on mic since day one. Uh, yeah, how, how was that MVP champ, brother? Oh my god, yeah, dude, somewhere Dominic he got he, he, he officially got the the Josh Allen treatment after well, a big play. I, I hate to pump my own tires. Well, no, I don't, but I, I do. Uh, <laughs> Power through I've it, Dwayne. Been saying this for two months, two months, been two months. That guy. For me, I don't care how many points Connor McDavid scores this season. If this team makes the playoffs and he he and he scores fifty and a hundred plus, he is the MVP because the by definition the Hart Trophy is awarded to the most valuable player to their team. And you can't tell me there isn't a more valuable team right now if, if this team is the playoffs than Tage Thompson. I mean, the Oilers still have Leon Drysdale. You know what I mean? That's still a guy who's going to score 100 points every season. Uh, and again, that's not a shot against Connor McDavid, but this team was not projected to even probably finish in the top half half of the league, let alone make the playoffs. And Tage, guys like Tage and Darlene and that, that entire first line, let's be real, have put this team on their back and are carrying them and giving them a chance to break an 11 year playoff drought. Is it 11 years now? Yep, we'll be if we make it. We'll be if we want to make it this year. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, the MVP chance are absolutely warranted. 
And they should keep on going. Every time that guy makes a play, every time that guy scores a goal, those chants should be loud and proud at Key Bank Center. Absolutely, man. Without you a doubt. You can take those chants on the road, too, if you want. Like, 100%. Start traveling with the team, boys. Like, let's <laughs> Follow go. Follow them like the Grateful Dead. Right? Let's get, go. Get the van, boys. Come on. How about that for a soundbite to tease, the ship, tease this episode? All <laughs> How about Tage? I mean, come Tage on. Tage fucking time. Exactly, man. It's I like, guess that is a testament to just how goddamn good he is. That Rasmus Dahlin had five points tonight. We still can't stop talking about Tage Thompson. No, it's... <laughs> It's unbelievable, man. And, you know, had this conversation last week, and you, you see how deadly Alex Ovechkin always is from that spot. Like, you know he's there. You know that shot's coming. You know they're setting up for that shot. You know you know it's coming, but you still can't stop it. Tage Thompson is giving you that type of a vibe from that spot, man. He just lays down the hammer, and just you can't stop it. You can't. And then he has these elite handles to boot. Just the size. Everything about him, man. Like, when he was drafted, you have to be drooling about this kid's size and skill set. You know, the combination of it all. I mean, thinking, God, this kid can put this together. He is going to be a special hockey player. And it took a while. Maybe it is, you know, you know, it was a godsend for him to have Don Granado come in as a coach and make those moves. You have to imagine he's an integral part of it. But, yeah, man, like, he is the type of player scouts drool about because it's like, holy shit, like, you can't find a more hybrid type of player. And, again, I'll say it for the hundredth time on this show, I'm not going to say he's the same player as this guy, but in terms of size, Eric fucking Lindros. Eric Lindros. The guy was a, a monster. A monster. He was huge. He had the unbelievable hands. I mean, the, the one thing that's the, the biggest difference between the two of them is just, you know, the physical side of Lindros's game, you know, greatly outmatches those, you know, who have been compared to him in the past. Uh, you know, but again, double-edged sword or however you say it, you know, maybe that was his downfall is he had a physical side to his game and he, his career did end early. Um, but God, man, just you watch him play and when he finally figured it out, using his size, dropping that shoulder when he to protect the puck, just rubbing guys off, you know, Finally losing, you know, when to use his hands, not always trying to skate, you know, stick handle through everybody. Just using everything about his frame, utilizing his entire frame to, to his advantage. It just finally, 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 you know, puts it all together. And he is an MVP, like, caliber player, without a doubt. And the fans are finally giving him his due. Um, and it should continue. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if we could find a way to train J.J. Paterka to become the second coming of Pavel Datsyuk, uh, this team is unstoppable. Now that I would love. Going into overtime, five, five, five to five was funny as hell. On so many levels, not only that we let up three in the third again, but we had to score six again to win. Is Tage Mario with OV shot? Um... I mean, I'm not going to make Mario Lemieux comparisons with any player in the NHL because in my opinion, and I'll, you know, I get, I've had arguments in the past, but I always thought that Mario Lemieux, you know, matched up against Gretzky, in my opinion, was a better player. Um, Guy suffered with a lot of injuries and illness, you know, cancer, I think it was leukemia uh, or Hodgkin's Hodgkin's disease. 
um, you know, didn't get a, his full career that he should have. And just what he did to the player of his size and the talent he had on the ice was so unbelievable. And, um, you know, Super Mario was a delight to watch. Um, and again, he also wasn't scoring goals from beyond the blue line every night, the way Gretzky was on the goaltenders he was shooting against. So, um, but, you know, I digress. Um, Tage Thompson, in terms of size, um, yeah, man, he goes up with up against any size player in the league in terms of size and skill. I think he's the best hybrid player in that Matt manner in the league without a doubt. And it's just been such, you know, you have two MVP caliber players on this team right now in both Donnelly and Tage Thompson. Um, and again, I just, it's, it's unbelievable, Steve. Yeah. Tage Thompson, truly otherworldly this year. Darlene having a, you know, banner year. Dylan Cousins, the, the workhorse from Whitehorse, the Yukon Stallion, just absolutely Stallion, workhorse from Whitehorse. Just obliterating last year's stats. Like it's not even gonna like I think he's like I think he's like a point or two within like obliterating his numbers from yeah, his numbers from last year, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, thirty-five points in thirty-six games right now. He only ended last year with thirty-eight total. So like mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing Philly on Monday, so maybe it ends by Monday that he's uh, matched last year's point total. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, homie's going to get paid. And how I, about it this? Could, it couldn't have happened to a better guy. How about this, by the way? A quiet a quiet three-point night from Casey Middlestat. A quiet three-point night. And again, I, I am recognizing that both Casey Middlestat and Victor Olsen are playing better five-on-five hockey. They are objectively improving. They are just not improving at the pace and level that the rest of this team is improving at. Yeah, and I think man. that's ultimately what makes them the odd men out. Again, I yeah, they're not bad. They're just not good enough. They're not where you want them to be in terms of a third line. Yeah, no, no. Um, but again, I'll eat crow when it's time to eat crow. Am I, am I there with Casey Milstead? My criticism? No, I'm not. But you know what I mean? Like he, he is, he is performing at a, at a much better level than what I expected of him. Um, he's still a guy who I still think is a little undersized. Um, I think that, you know, give me more consistency out of Casey and I have no problem with them. Keep keeping him around. Um, it's just when you play that center centerman role, anyone who's played hockey long enough will tell you, you have a ton of responsibilities. And uh, for me with Casey, it's you're, you're lack, you're lacking with those responsibilities and consistency in those areas every single game. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, Don Granado isn't getting more out of him because he is, and hopefully that continues. Um, yep. If it were me, if it were me personally, I would give Peyton Krebs another four to six weeks learning from Jurgensen and Agposo, translate that to the third line, and then put Middlestat down there for the rest of the year so he can. You want it, You want to know what, man? Peyton Krebs has really come on as late. Yeah, He's really, really. He's playing fucking fantastic. 
Like yeah, once you got that one goal like two, there, two three weeks ago, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. that's what that's what I'm saying. Like Peyton Krebs is like a fucking sponge with those guys. Well, like, is he center? Is he centering that line? Yeah, or is he's, centering that line? I think he's set. Like Gergensen's might be taking the draws, but I feel like Peyton Krebs is the center on that line. But again, like their whole thing is just get the puck in deep, ride the wall. So like there really is yeah. no center at that point because like win puck battles, win, win puck, puck battles, battles, ride the wall. Like no one's ever taking that slot spot, which is probably where the center would go. They're all just supporting the wall. They're either in the wall battle, they're they're waiting for the wall battle to end and for the puck to squirt out. Like all the play is driven to just one side of the ice whenever they're playing, mm-hmm. and like. You know, if they're playing it right, they only need the two people supporting, and then like maybe Gergensen's is off to the left, waiting for it to squirt out and then come over, and then they can t- cycle it back to the point guy, and then you know just move it around a little bit, tire some people out, and then oh shit, there's Tage Thompson. I haven't breathed. I haven't taken a breath in ninety seconds. Oh, and it's in the net. And that like that's what that line is supposed to do: tire out the opposition until like you know they'll take a shot or two here or there, but like yeah, their goal is to just wear people out, make people make mistakes, and then, you know, ideally cycle somebody in that can fucking rip it. And then when they do, it's it's almost certainly going in. That's the goal. But yeah, no, Peyton Krebs is uh, clearly learning a lot from them, and he's learning it at an alarmingly quick rate. So, like, you know, I would like to see him continue to work with them for another month or so, but, like, you know... After it seems like he's learned about all he needs to learn, maybe bump him up to that third line pairing, send mm-hmm. Casey down there and see if uh, Casey can learn a thing or two from them for the remainder of the year. Because uh, if nothing else, maybe just learn how to throw a couple more hits here and there. You know, because, I mean, clear, you know, Peyton Krebs is a big enforcer now, as Rob Ray would have you believe, after that one little scrap he got into that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, clearly being on that fourth line, like, grinding role is a really, you know, it's, it's affecting his game. And uh, yeah. definitely not in a bad way either. He's learning a whole new skill set that I'm not sure he had before he paired up with him. No, yeah, I mean, um, and, you know, with his struggles early on in the season, I guess putting him in under the kind of under the wings of two veteran leaders, two of your, you know, your captains, with Akposo and Gergensen's, I think that was a great move by Donnie Granato, without a doubt, to really start to get more out of him. Um, and it's clearly shown quite a bit. So um, other points tonight, uh, obviously Darlene, two goals, three assists, including the game-tying goal. Um, Dylan Cousins with the goal and assist. Victor Olsen with two goals. Tyson Yost and Peyton Krebs and Owen Power all with assists. Quiet night for Tage Thompson, only one goal, only one point. No. You know, to, to our standard for Tage Thompson, that's a quiet night. Uh, and Alex Tuck with another assist, a guy who is continuing his insane pace that I don't think anybody could have predicted for Alex Tuck. Uh, you know, you, you would think that you get 60 to 70 points out of Alex Tuck. You're extremely happy with that um, compared to what he's done in the past. But right now, man, he is – he is absolutely on fire uh, in these last 10 games. And he right now is at 43 points in 37 games, a plus 14, on the verge of scoring uh, 20 goals. I mean, we might have four to five 20 goal scorers on this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, and for what it's worth, uh, 
Alex Tuck's career high was uh, 20 goals, 32 assists for 52 mm. and 74. Uh, so he's nine away from that yep. as of 37 games. So this is going to be another uh, banner year for Alex Tuck. Yep. You know, every, every like five or six players are reaching heights that they've never done before, which uh, when you have that many people rolling at that level, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, Kevin Adams, make a trade. Now is the time. Put your ships down. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, and uh, back to the circling back just very briefly to the uh, what do you do when Conry's ready to come back up situation? I think you I think you wave Casey Fitzgerald and just roll with all three goalies because to be fair, Uka Pekalukin is showing you he belongs here. You cannot bump down Craig Anderson just out of respect for the man he is and also just what he brings to your locker room. He's not playing that much. But I think we do need to give Eric Comrie a legitimate chance to show us what he's capable of. I mean, we've still got him for another season and a half. He's played 11 games in 37. Um, Yeah, I just don't think we have enough of a sample size to just, uh, you know, to just, you know, walk away from that. And again, I think you... Obviously, he needs to come up because if you keep him down, he has to be waived. But also, I don't think the solution is sending UPL back down. I think, you know, with uh, Yoki Haru potentially coming back to the fold this week, uh, keep the D pairings, you know, sparse, send down Casey Fitzgerald. And if somebody gets a little banged up in a game, you roll with five guys. Um, and then if Labushkin or Bryson's the odd man out, so be it. You know that Darlene and Samuelson work together. You know that Clay and Power work together. Um, and if that fifth guy is the odd man out, you run with a short bench. But uh, if all three of those goaltenders can become 900 goaltenders, mm-hmm. and you make that insurance trade for some legitimate deal, we're spending some time at Key Bank Center in May. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, a few more comments here. Willie McBillis, uh, really, 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 really hammering the comments right now. Was one second here. Got to blow this up. Wasn't the game that Casey had his helmet off tussling the one he was paired with the fourth line? Uh, I believe you are correct. Yes. Um, can we call the fourth line the conditioning stint? I love it. <laughs> I, I, lo- I like that. I like that. You know, they whip them into shape. Uh, Seriously. Oki and Gergs. Yeah. Uh, no, the cool call from whichever. Our traded, our benched. Um, I don't know if Kulik. I would say those guys would get a call up um, if this season was down in the drain. I think this season for sure. But barring any massive injury issues, I don't know if Kulik would get a call up this season. Um, you know. It would take a lot of injuries, in my opinion, for that to happen, especially like you said earlier, when you got Henestroza kind of sitting on the outside looking and waiting for an opportunity. I think they would go with Vinny before they would make that type of a dramatic call-up. Um, I haven't hated 30 Yeah, me either. I haven't. I'll admit it. Comment that before your Lindros comparison, and I agree more with you there. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I I think that Tage does give me those vibes outside of the physical style of play. Um 
You won't, you don't find guys with his size and his skill level very, very often. It's very hard to find. You look at guys like Getzlaff, you know, who've always had that type of a size, kind of, kind of like that stature and that skill level. Um, but outside of him, you know, those guys are few and far in between. Um, so it's cool. It's great to see um, players of a player of his size finally reach that ceiling and start to crush it the way he is. So, uh, you know, we've been on here for a little over an hour now. Um, still have some of you guys uh, chiming in. Make sure if you're not already uh, subscribed to the Two Goalies One Mike YouTube channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you like what you hear, uh, you know, leave a comment. And make sure you're following us on Apple Podcasts at Two Goalies One Mike. Uh, I keep hitting the table here. At Two Goalies One Mike uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, hoping to get some uh, former guests on with us soon. We just had Dave Starman on. Um, I know uh, John Buchacross of ESPN has agreed to come on with us again here soon. Uh, Andrew Peters will be on with us again, hopefully soon, uh, amongst other guys. So uh, make sure you subscribe. Two goalies, one mic. Um, just you know, uh, number two goalies, number one mic uh, on any you know social media platform. And again, please subscribe on YouTube for sure. So uh, before we head out here, um, you want to look at the schedule going forward here, Steve? You know, what's to come? Yeah, sure. I mean, so, I already alluded to the uh, matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers this coming Monday. Always a tough team. Do you see that with Kevin Hayes? Uh, he made the All-Star game and, you know, uh, Torts had already benched him, which rightfully so. The guy hasn't been a top, you know, had his A game as of late. <laughs> and towards because I don't give a shit about the All Star game. <laughs> like I, I don't disagree with him though, man. I, you sure you want to congratulate the guy, but in the, the day, this is a this isn't an individual sport; it's a team sport, and you you want to win hockey games. You're not here to just you know hand out participation trophies. Yeah, um, and I obviously I obviously would have given that honor to Travis Konechny or Kevin Hayes and Hartley, but that's just me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we actually got a back-to-back this week. Uh, the very next night after Philly, Tuesday night, we play the Seattle Kraken. I believe that will be the first time they're in our barn all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you want to check out the – We lost them too, didn't we? We did lose to them on the road. Yes, we did. We did, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday night is Winnipeg. That could be the Eric Comrie revenge game. Uh that, that could actually very well be the matchup right there. Uh, so, that you know, must-watch TV for anybody wanting to see if Eric Comrie's going to put on a fucking show uh, in his first game since his conditioning stint. I, I think you could be safe playing Craig Anderson on Monday. I think that would be a reasonable... I mean, you say safe, but it's not like Craig has played bad this season. I mean, no, I don't, just, he's played against great teams. He's played against... Below average teams, and he's playing for him well. He has the best stats of any goaltender on this team right now. Yeah, no, and uh, I just, I just think if you're playing the back to back, I think you should play the hotter hand on the second night to give yourself. Oh, I don't disagree chance. with you. I'm, I'm just so stating. That, I'm so just, that's why, yeah. I'm just saying the way you worded it, like I, you'd be safe. Like I, I think you're safe with Craig Anderson that lineup spot any night. Yeah, just about any night. Uh, yeah, but here's hoping Philly doesn't try to run the goalie or something. Yeah. Take a page out. Uh, question here from uh, Jeffrey Jenks. Levi Signs think he will get any NHL games next season. I mean, next season, maybe. Yeah. I don't see, you know, dep- it really depends on how the season's going. 
and what position you are goaltending wise, you know, yeah, if he signs, which I fully expect him to sign at the end of this college season, uh, probably report to Rochester and, uh, you know, start his professional career uh, the season with them. Yeah, that's actually an interesting wrinkle because uh, UPL's contract right now, this year, it's only a two-year deal. This year is a two-way. Next year is a one-way. So next yeah. year, if he's starting in Buffalo, you got to wave him to send him down, which yep. I think right now that's what he's, he's playing. I remember discussing that when it was signed. He's trying, like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's playing trying to secure that job in Buffalo. Obviously, Eric Conry is a uh, one-way deal. Uh, as we know, and he'll have one more year as well. So the tandem idea is supposed to be UPL and Conry exclusively next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to that end, unless one of them is playing profoundly poorly, I'm not, I, I honestly don't know if there's going to be any room for Devin Levi just next year, which yeah. honestly I think is okay. Again, it's nice. Give him a whole, to him a whole year. Uh, we don't have to rush world. anybody. Yeah. We, yeah. Don't, we, we don't have to do that. Because we have things yeah. that we can reasonably rely on. Again, barring a complete melt, barring a complete meltdown from UPL or any type of massive injury, I could definitely see him playing an entire season in Rochester next year. Um, you know, which isn't a bad thing at all. Um, it's only an hour down the road. Yeah. When do we play Toronto? When's the next Toronto Maple Leaf game? I feel like we played them one time this season. I think, which is bananas to me because they're it's, a division. Uh, divisional team it's, it's honestly not for a while it's a it is a home game though tuesday february 21st better be in the goat head jersey just saying it right now it better be in the goat head jersey it doesn't tell me that on the sabers app i know but it just better be in the goat head jersey i mean it, yeah it give me better. back those 90s early 2000s vibes please it, that that rivalry was at, at its peak in the late nineties. Um, give me the goat head Jersey. Let me give all Sabres and Toronto fans what they want, you know, especially elongated fans as like myself who really oh, yeah. appreciated that rivalry when it was, you know, really buzzing. And during those time, those eras. Um, yeah. These are the, uh, but yeah, this week, three home games. So if you haven't been to a Sabres game in a minute and want to, you know, get yourself, Get yourself in the mood before uh, Ryan Miller night the following Thursday. You know, Philly, Seattle, Winnipeg, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. respectively. And then they go quick, briefly on the road for a game in Nashville Saturday night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nash Nashville's uh, they're once again doing that thing that they do where they're doing okay, but there's definitely uh, some definitely some aspects of their game that is suspect. And uh, you you wonder if it's for real this time. I still don't. I feel like ever since that one year that they had that tremendous push, it's always kind of been like back with PK when they had PK yeah. Subban and yeah. Um, yeah, they'll get in, but like yeah, to what end? You know, and uh, and that's unfortunate because there is, there is a tremendous amount of talent in that squad. You know, I mean, UC mm-hmm. Soros is obviously an incredible netminder. Roman Yossi is another person that you can honestly compare Rasmus Dahlin's game to. Like, it's not always like Victor Hedman definitely had the same kind of like slow start, but like the way that Roman Yossi is just fucking everywhere. Like, just the way that, like, if Roman Yossi's on the ice, there's no way that you don't know. There's no way that yeah. you don't know that he's finding some way to possibly 
positively affect the play. And that's, you know, that's what we've been seeing more and more of with Rasmus Dahlin. Like, yeah. we rarely, if ever, anymore see just like a, just a brain fart defensive breakdown where he's just like not even close to being where he ought to be. The closest we got tonight was he was like kind of behind the net in that situation where uh, Samuelson was basically covering two dudes in the front. He had one guy tied up. Mm-hmm. And then our friend was just open on the other side. It's like, I, 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 I gotta take, I gotta take the guy directly in the fucking yep. slot. And he kind of, he kind of lost sight of the guy off on the corner there. And Dolly was like coming up, but you know, man, that was just like that easy little tip and goal. But there mm-hmm. was just nothing they could have done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I always like watching Nashville ever since that big playoff push. I, I yeah, I got, I got some respect. But I do, I do hope that things like solidify and actualize but there, there there are a lot of things about the bottom nine of that forward core that make me mm-hmm. scratch my head a little bit for sure uh, yeah but you'll see it on saturday yeah exactly um you did upload a uh i you know we'll have up hopefully tomorrow a uh, new episode of where the buffalo roam uh long overdue episode hopefully i'll have it up tomorrow my apologies no it's all good um but I got nothing left in the tank. Um, so I'll hang up and listen. Remember, this has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on George Urban Boulevard. Don't haste. Go buy a case from Outlet Liquor, um, the place to buy a case. So, uh, Steve, thanks for hopping on tonight, bud. Appreciate it. Always thanks fun. for everybody who joined us and stuck around with us. Um, you know, these, the, the live views on the YouTube channel seem to, uh, be more and more as we, as the season goes on, as fans kind of get more excited, uh, for, uh, the season. So whether it's on our channel or Trainwreck's channel, uh, definitely we always seem to be, you know, you know, the people seem to want to watch and our, the, the interest is finally starting to be on the, on the right side of the fence, uh, with the positive direction of this team. So. Thanks again for sticking around. I'll hang up and listen. I am Dwayne, producer Steve. Two or three words. Let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody. This is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.